Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanks Giving. It's Meg Ryan Month, and this week we're talking about the 1993 Nora Ephron classic, Sleepless in Seattle. I'm your host, Elvis, and today I'm joined by... Allie Vingiano. Allie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Sleepless in Seattle. Did it predict the sort of trend of online dating before it happened? Because obviously You've Got Mail is this next step in the evolution. It's like... Instead of Tinder or like an internet thing, it's the radio. It's that, like, yeah, yeah. It's like when you when you think a guy is funny on Twitter and you're like, we're meant for each other because his tweet, I relate to his tweet. Like that's what this radio show is for this girl. That's that's great because I was gonna end up. Uh, I wanted to talk about like a whole section of the movie is about uh, Rob Reiner telling Tom Hanks like how it's how dating is done now and it's not like how it is old fashioned. I know my favorite line in that part is I could never let a woman pay for dinner. <laughs> Oh, it's like, yeah. okay, Tom Hanks, I'll mm-hmm. date you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Tom Hanks <laughs> Which is Which is like be... the opposite of now. It's like you always split dinner. That doesn't actually come up in this movie because these characters, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, never go on a date. That's true. They're in, I counted, they're in seven shots together total. Really? Just seven. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and of four two. of them are at the end, so that doesn't even really count. Oh, that whole scene? <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's just four shots together. Yeah, wow. four shots with that. I mean, there's... I know, when they hold hands at the end. Yeah. Oh. That was number five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, let's... We're already just jumping to the ending. I know, uh, sorry. Let's no, no, that's okay. Backtrack. I, I want to ask you, do these characters end up together? Is this a match made in heaven? What happens when the, the end, uh, after the credits? I thought about that a lot, because... They don't know each other. This literally reminds me of once when I dated someone who I thought was funny on Twitter, and then I he didn't I didn't like him at all in real life. It's oh, like wow. maybe they won't like each other. <laughs> so that story you were telling. Was a story. <laughs> yes. This wasn't a for instance. I didn't mean to bring it up, but then I thought about it again when you said that. So so in your version of Sleepless in Seattle, it did not work out whatsoever. And no, I mean I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I think that they do have this bond, and that like he, I think that they could very well know. Knowing each character separately, I think they could totally be together mm-hmm. and have a nice relationship. I also just think there's so many crazy things about that. Like, is she going to move to Seattle? She doesn't, for a guy she doesn't know at all? Like, yeah. Is, you know, it's just, yeah. It's... The, the practicality of the whole situation is just a nightmare. Because, like, that moment when we, we in shot number five of them together, where he takes her hand, it's kind of like, are you crazy? <laughs> you don't know... Like, she knows about but you. But they're in love. Are they? <laughs> when does love happen? Okay. And then... Th- when he sees her in the airport. <clears throat> he knows. He yeah. knows that they're meant to be together. That's right. He's, he's talking to his son. There's no one... There's no, no such thing as a perfect... Ugh. And then he gets distracted by a pretty, pretty woman. Yeah. And then, like, like, that doesn't happen to a guy every five seconds <laughs> out in public. Anyway. And not everyone's going to be perfect for you. No, uh, that's true. That's very true. And, like, this movie has some... Like, it's obviously a movie, and it, it's it's so much based in how romantic movies... Like, it talks about romantic movies, where we see the characters watching I know, and classic romances. Um, and their, their opinions are informed. Even Rosie O'Donnell says to Meg Ryan that you want a movie romance. Right. So... I like that about this movie. It's very self-aware that it's completely mm-hmm. ridiculous and gimmicky. And, and it's, I think that's why it's such a good movie, because it is self-aware of itself, of like the, um, how romantic it is. So I thought that was cool. That yeah, it, so it, definitely, it definitely dives into it. But if we're going to take it on its word, I want to know, like, 
is this magic? Is this real love? Or is this just for the movie? Like, what's it trying to say? Because when you look at the relationship Meg Ryan had with Bill Pullman's character... Oh, my God. Horrible. Really? He is the worst. What? Okay. He's so lame. This is so... This is great, because, like... I look at them on screen and it's like, yeah, I can see he, he lacks the spontaneity and obviously the charm of a Tom Hanks. Yeah. But they're so in sync together. Like when they're in that bedroom scene, it's like, here, here, take this, you take this. And it's like, they feel like good, like a good foundation for life partners. But I you think see that's him true. And he's just the worst. To me, he's just super lame. And, like, I <laughs> would never date him. <laughs> but why? Like, the, the main... Because like, he's, he's not, not he's, funny. He's not, not funny. I could never date a guy who wasn't funny. Okay, that's a, that's a legitimate complaint. But, like, the movie, like, presents the worst thing about him is that, oh, he's allergic to a lot of things. That drove me insane. Because I have a legit allergy, and he was always like, oh, he's allergic to weed. What a loser. <laughs> Like but that, the thing is, is that I think it's annoying because he talks about it all the time, and people who talk mm, about like us, like their allergies all the time are annoying. It's like people who are new, recently vegan or something, exactly. and they're always talking about it. It's like, shut up, D'Artagnan. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to bring it up all the time. Okay, there's two really unbelievable things about Sleepless in Seattle besides the Empire State Building part, and one of them is when she breaks up with him and he's just like, okay, here's the yes. ring back. Are you fucking kidding me? If somebody <laughs> broke up with me when we were engaged... And I brought them to the rainbow room. I would not just let them leave. I'd be like, you sit here and we're going to talk through this. Yeah, there is going to be at the very least some tears. Yeah, I, you're going to go meet someone you don't know on top of the Empire State Building and yeah, you're leaving. You wouldn't that tell them person? that part. That's at the insane. Very, yeah, he would be following you there the whole way. Absolutely. He'd be like, okay, let's go. Also, I'll meet this guy. Like, yeah, that was a very like strange breakup to me. But that showed that they really weren't right for each other. Because if you've ever had a breakup where it's completely okay... Um, it's because there's no passion. It's like because you don't really care about that person that much. Yeah, that that does that. That's true. Um, but I also feel like you know how there's, you know, cinema is so oversaturated with like the male uh, power fantasy or, or the male fantasy yeah, for sure. like women and how they're always kind of objectified in the movies. I feel like this is a version where it's uh, definitely a female fantasy in the sense of like. You have the easiest breakup ever. Yes, <laughs> and that's he's like, so true. That's fine. You go on, be with your new guy. Like that sounds like like obviously that would be great for anybody, but something because of just the way I imagine a man would react in that situation just seems like that would be the perfect fantasy for a woman. It is such a female fantasy, which is funny because she's the one chasing him. He's not chasing her, which mm-hmm. I think normal the normal female fantasy is like a guy's. Well that's how they do it you. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like this modern female fantasy of like Yeah, she goes for her passion, which is actually something we were talking about last week with uh Joe versus the volcano. Meg Ryan kinda represents like this this soft nineties feminism, or at least she kinda comes across like that. Y- yeah, I mean I don't do you feel know that? if I got that vibe in terms... I mean, I guess she's a feminist in this movie, sure, whatever. Like, like I don't mean, like, feminist like it actually means, but, like, I got that, like... She she is this, especially in When Harry Met Sally, but, like, she is this, like, strong female character who mm-hmm. defy... Who doesn't just, like... Who has her own goals and interests and as, like, the Meg Ryan character that she always plays. Like, I totally think that's true. But for her, she's just so likable and so innocent. Like, she has this, like, completely effortless innocence to her. Mm-hmm. Like, when she's singing in the car to Jingle Bells, I'm just like, who is this person? Like, I would never be friends with her in real life, but I like her. 
Okay, you just hit on two amazing points. Okay. First, yes, the jingle bells in the car. Absolutely. I think her best performance in the movie. Probably, yes. Is, it's so <laughs> hilarious. It's so sweet and so real. And the fact that she's bad at singing. I know. It's like, that's me in the car every day. <laughs> when she's just like, horses, horses. <laughs> like, what? I don't remember that lyric at all. Yeah, she's, I know. I was like, that's not part of Jingle Bells. Yeah, that that, uh, that scene is, is wonderful. Even her just reacting to listening to the, the radio. It's like, I think that's, if there's a star making scene in this movie for her. It's probably the one where she's not acting against anybody. I'm with you 100%. Oh, I, you wouldn't want to be friends with her in real life? I completely agree. Because yeah. she seems like just this insufferable fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely. There's no reality check for her. Like, I don't know why Rosie O'Donnell keeps feeding her Oh my god, that was one of my the things I hated about this movie, watching it as an adult, former reporter adult, was like, you're a journalist and your editor's letting you go <laughs> to Seattle on assignment... <laughs> To, re- to meet a guy? Is this money you're using with the Baltimore Sun? Wait, there's no like journalistic ethics here at all. It drove me insane. She doesn't write one story for the whole movie. She just uses being a journalist to do a background check for a guy she's into. Well, they're perfect for each other because he's an architect and he doesn't finish building. That's true. I, that's another thing I didn't realize about this movie. In the beginning, he's like, I just think I'll move to Seattle. I was like, why... What? That was such an <laughs> unnecessary scene. Like, I mean, I guess it's maybe sort of true to real life that, like, if your husband or wife died, it might be very hard to, you know, move on in a new city. But, like, the new city didn't have any significance to I, the show, Yeah, that's why really. I was like, why is he moving there? Does he have family there? But I realized that I think it's just a plot trope to get him to be as lonely as possible because he's moving to a new place where he doesn't know anybody. Mm, right, right, right. That... Yeah, that, that I mean, like, I go with the name, and I love Chicago, but, like, just start the show in Seattle. I know, you right? Know. Um, great cast. Great cast. I mean, beyond the, the two leads, of course. Rosie O'Donnell, We've great performance. Rosie O'Donnell, we have baby Gabby Hoffman. So good in this! So cute! Uh, totally obnoxious with the, the letters. Yeah. The uh, Y-O-H. Your only help. Did kids ever talk like that? I don't think so. They certainly don't now. I mean, well, maybe... Well, I guess they do now. I guess LOL. More than, now more than ever. LMFAO. There's so many, like, weird things that I'm like, what? Someone texted me, like, why W-Y-D or something? And I was like, I don't know what that means. Y-D. Would you dance? Maybe. That would be my guess. Yeah, I'm going to start using H and G when I want to leave a room. Um... Uh, Wait, which one does that what does that mean that was high and goodbye high and goodbye h and g yeah, yeah that's crazy uh and then we got like four cast members from the fraser camp and fraser is in this movie he's no 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 it's niles is in this movie oh, david Hyde pierce's brother right 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 um, but of course appropriate for seattle and of course uh, yeah so we have david Hyde pierce turning in uh a a nice performance he doesn't get a lot a lot to do but he's always a pleasure to see victor garber gets a nice uh scene with tom hanks um Tom McGowan, who plays Kenny Daly on Frasier, and Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' real-life wife, I think has maybe one of the best scenes in the movie. This is the scene where she's talking about an affair to remember, and she starts starts crying. crying. So good. It's so good, and it's so funny, too. It's so funny. Like, wow. Like, that, if, talking about a star-making scene. It's true. I would, I would show that one almost before any of the ones with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Wow. Yeah, I thought that scene was so <clears throat> funny and really real, and then they started crying about, like, some action movie. <laughs> yes. It's crazy how much people love An Affair to Remember. My mom loves that movie, too. I've never seen it, so I, I have to see it. But, I, like, it sort of drove me insane in this film because I was like, 
Come on, I don't believe it's that good. <laughs> I know, I've only ever seen it through the lens of Sleepless in Seattle. Uh. So, I like you, I, I can't imagine it's that good. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a man, and as this movie denotes, that there's a complete, huge divide between the genders. It's true. So I'll never relate to it. Men, Men just don't, don't get this movie. Yeah, they don't have emotions, and they're not capable of love, so they probably won't be mm-hmm. able to relate to this film. That's true. They do say men don't get this movie when they're talking about and fair to remember, but do you feel like that's a like a like a pre argument for people men criticizing Sleepless in Seattle? Like are they? Oh, already maybe they're saying, probably they're already mm-hmm. saying like this is a film for women, guys. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle is a female fantasy, which it is, and I'm sure that which is totally fine. Yeah, too. of we course, can't, it's we, okay to make movies for women. <laughs> yeah, that that should probably be a thing we regularly do. Yes. Uh, and you know what? If you got a movie for women and you throw Tom Hanks in it, like, I think that's a movie for everybody. That's true. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. Although Tom Hanks is not, like, I'm not attracted to Tom Hanks in any way. And whoa, I see him as a whoa. very non-sexual person. Oh my God. Okay. My heart is just breaking because I had Sarah Pull on last week. She said the exact same thing. Yeah. He's not sexy. He's nice. I mean, I would like to marry him. He'd be a great second <laughs> husband. <laughs> You know, when I'm like 38 and I just got over a divorce, and I'm like, I just need a nice guy. Oh my Tom gosh. Tom Hanks could tweet me off my feet. Well, but thank God he's got Rita Wilson. <laughs> it's true. But like, what? This is just news to me. Like, he's such a, he's so famous, obviously for this movie and so many like it, where he's this big romantic lead, but so many women say he's not sexy. Like, there's nothing attractive about it. I, like, I don't he's get it. He's safe. I think that's why he does well in these films, because he's very safe and he makes you feel like... Mm comfortable and he's just like your American everyman you know he's great for someone like Meg Ryan someone I wouldn't be friends with (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like Tom Hanks is safe okay in that way but do you feel like he's safe as a performer too or oh completely like he can sell anything he's such a good actor right but do you feel like he doesn't do anything interesting then is that what you're trying to say oh um uh, I mean not in this movie this movie yeah Castaway was cool That was interesting. Well, I think he's great. You're here shit-talking my boy <laughs> on the podcast. No, I mean, I think Tom Hanks is great, and he can do anything, and he does take risks as a performer, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's not the most interesting person to me. I will say this. The haircut in this movie, not yeah. very good. Tom Hanks is the whitest man. The white? No, yeah. there's there's many men whiter than him. <laughs> Maybe. There has to be. Yeah, you know who? David Hyde Pierce. David, <laughs> David Hyde Pierce is a treasure. <laughs> but yeah, his haircut in this movie is a little, it's very 90s. Yeah, like it's it's got the, the Jerry Seinfeld like thick in the back thing going on. <laughs> yeah, totally. It really <laughs> does. It's like one step away from a mullet. Yes. <laughs> While you're shit talking Tom Hanks, let's let's talk about his performance in this movie. Sure. Um, what did you think? Um, I thought he did a great job. Really, when he looks at her, like that is... I truly believe he loves her. Really? Okay. Yeah, like I that ending moment, he really sold me. He's great, great expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, bummer, he only slept with seven or eight women in college. Eight. Sorry to Tom Hanks. <laughs> eight Mary Kelly. Um, um, and he had to play off a kid, so I think he did a really good job playing off a child. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think because the romance so much. Uh, pervades this movie's memory you don't think about the fact that they're only in seven shots together exactly he's yeah he's acting against 
his kid the whole time. That's really what the relationship is in this movie. I know. Why isn't the kid sad at all about his mom's death? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't the kid sad? That's the crazy part. He he gets over it so quick. He has one line to it. It's like, I miss mom. Yeah. And it's like, dude, no you don't. You just want to replace her. Like, is this... He's like Norman Bates or something. It's totally true. Like, he spends so much time trying to find a new mom, maybe because he subconsciously misses his mom and that's the only way he can deal with it, but he never talks about, like, I miss mom, or, like, mom was awesome. And he and he gets a girlfriend before his dad It's does. true, it's true. Oh, my God. Like, what the hell is with this kid? That was crazy to me that, like, his kid cares. Like, what eight-year-old cares that much about your father's life? That was the most unrealistic part of the film to me. Probably, yeah. yeah. Probably even more than, like, these two meeting and getting, like, falling in love with each other. Completely. Uh, when I was eight, I was just, like, worried about Candy and Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't give a shit about my parents no, falling I had, in love. You can't have the emotional, like, ability to understand... <laughs> what your parents are thinking and feeling to this extent. Like, it's very odd. That whole scene where they're talking about sex, when I was eight, like, the, do you know that scene that I'm talking about? They're in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, are you going to have sex with her? Like, is she going to scratch up your back? And I was like, oh, my God. Did you, like, I don't think I knew that when I was eight. No, I think I was definitely nine when I learned about the back scratching. But not <laughs> eight. I, eight's innocent still. I think part of it is obviously... Oh, little kids being smart is funny, especially when they're talking about sex and yeah. relationships. Uh, the other thing, though, yeah, like this, this, it's not just that the kid is really smart, um, but he's right. He's right, and he, in, exactly, like the kid is right about everything, and he invests so much time and energy in his father's life. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Oh, and that investing someone, uh, your life, or time and energy into someone else's life reminds me of a quote from the very beginning when... Uh, Meg Ryan is talking to, I guess, her mom. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. When she's trying on that awful-looking dress. Um, do you remember that dress? Yes, I do. Wasn't it ugly? I didn't think so. You thought it was good? The okay. wedding dress? Yeah. I thought it was very dated. It's not like I would wear it, but it was a fine dress. I thought it was very unassuming. Un- un- this is good. I like when men have strong opinions okay. about clothing. So she's in the room uh, with her mom, and her mom's describing how she met her father, and uh, she says that her finger... Their, their hands, like, united, and she couldn't tell where her fingers and his, like, she couldn't tell them apart. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just kind of, that stuff always freaks me out a little bit, because it's sort of talking about, like, the loss of identity through another person. Completely. I've never felt that way. I've never held someone's hand and not been completely aware about my hand. I'm like, is it yeah. sweating too much? Should I put it this way? <laughs> like, you're always aware of your body. And is it, like, you, obviously, there's a point where you get comfortable enough, and it's like, I'm not going to worry if my hand's too sweaty. Completely, yeah. Like, when you're in a relationship, and it's just nice to hold someone's hand or, like, touch them, and sometimes you, like, don't realize that you're, like, if you're lying on someone, you don't realize even, like, what position your body is in. For sure, I've been there. But it is a complete loss of identity, which freaks me out of, like... And then we, then our body, then, like, our hands touched, and we were one person, and I knew we'd be together forever, and, like... Ugh. Is that the goal? Are we supposed to be not one person? Like, yeah, that's never been. Like... My goal is to be in a relationship and completely maintain my own identity, and like not, and that's why relationships are hard, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like I don't want to combine my life with someone else's. I want to live my own life and have him live his own life and just chill together. I think maybe that's why I have such a hard time with so many romantic comedies, at least ones like the older ones, because they seem to be written with this like. Let's sacrifice everything for each other Ugh, to no. be, like, and unfortunately a lot of the times it's the woman who kind of gives up her life to be with the guy, 
Sometimes it's not. But it completely is the movie trope. Like, if you look at Greece, which is, like, the earliest oh, example God. of this, it's like, I will completely change my identity so you will be okay dating me. That's and a- that's, like, what's always taught in all these movies. It's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we see that here in this movie. This movie's obviously a lot better okay. handled. But she just doesn't have much going on. But she she stops working. <laughs> yeah. To gets money from her job to go to Seattle. She breaks up with her husband just for this guy who she's never met who might not be into her at all once they start hanging out. Who also has a kid, by the who way. Who has a kid. If I... See, this is why I would never be in a relationship like this because there's the stakes are already too high. Mm-hmm. I would never feel comfortable around him because he knows how much I'm into him and that would make me so uncomfortable. Like, if I wrote him a letter, moved across the country, I would just always be so on... Like, my guard would always be up. I'd never be comfortable with him. Yeah, like you want to date someone you're not into at all. Exactly. <laughs> because that's that's the only way you can be comfortable, they can be comfortable, yeah. and then maybe something will grow. And then that's the best way to like find out if you like someone, you know, when you're comfortable around them and you can just hang out and like it's fun. And this relationship seems so stressful to oh, your God. first time you meet to be on top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, what's that? they never what's you your top that? What's your second date? How do you propose to this person? <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. If the genders were reversed, this is a horror movie. Exactly. That scene when she's watching them play. Yeah, what the fuck? On the beach. There's a scene in this movie where she's secretly watching him play with this kid. If a dude was secretly watching me play with my kid, I would call the police. Yes, that's terrifying. She was low-key stalking him this whole film. Mm -hmm. And like even that scene where... Like, in that scene where he, he sees her and she's, like, almost gets run over in traffic, like, and he's like, hello? <laughs> like, that's how it would play in Halloween and just Michael Myers is just standing there before he leaves. It's so true. What the it's fuck? It's so true. And, like, if I saw, if that happened to me and I saw a guy just staring at me, I would not, like, walk over to him and say hello to him. I'd be like, what's, what is that guy? Do you guys see that guy? Yeah, you would get, there. like, a, a crowd him? of people yeah. at the very least <laughs> yeah. and then move away. <laughs> yes. Even if it was someone as, I don't care what you say, attractive and charming as Tom Hanks. He is attractive and charming. I'll give him that. All right, all right. But, yeah, it's like, um, there's, yeah, that's so funny when you think about role role reversals. How there's just, she's not threatening at all, so she can get away with it. Exactly. I mean, I mean... It's true, Meg Ryan is maybe the least threatening person you could put on screen. But is that attractive to you? Like, if I was Tom Hanks and a woman wrote me a letter and then, like, came to find me and then met me on top of the Empire State Building, I'd sort of be like, okay, this chick needs to chill. No, no, I I, I agree. I don't think, like, I mean, I've gotten, look, I have a podcast. Women hear my voice Mm -hmm. all the time. I've gotten a lot of fan letters saying, Elvis, please meet me. I'm in New York, or in New York, on the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day. It'll be super cute. I'm not going to meet I mean. you. <laughs> it's it's weird. I don't know you. You never go? No. Maybe this year. Just once, Elvis. Open up your life. All you right. Know? Well, if there are any women out there listening. That's... <laughs> this Valentine's Day, I, pro- I promise, I will be on the uh, observatory deck. If anyone has State a Bowl. secret crush on Elvis, write him a letter, and mm-hmm. he'll respond. Write us an email at tomhankspod at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, I think that's a really funny point, though, because, like, this movie is very much about just, like, being open to new things, like, being open to love and open to, like, adventure, because he spends a year and a half, like, actively not trying to get over his wife. Yeah, do you think that, that's an interesting perspective to take on the movie, if you kind of separate it from Meg Ryan's, uh, Meg Ryan's, (laughs) (laughs) Meg Ryan's point of view, (laughs) Uh, you separate it from her point of view as this kind of 
it's always going to be kind of weird, if not stalkery, just kind of fangirly almost. Completely fangirly. Uh, if you put that away, like, how does this work as a story about a man who has lost his wife and learns to try again? Um... I don't think he ever really tries again. Like, I think it's You don't just think a... Victoria is a... Oh, Victoria. I forgot about Victoria. Like, how could you forget that? That, that laugh. That oh. laugh. <laughs> One but... of the most unattractive things to me is when people re- laugh at things that aren't funny, like, really loud like that, and it drove me insane. I love that they used yes. that as what was annoying about her, because oh it's my so God. real. It's so real compared to uh, nice guy Bill Pullman just being allergic to a lot of shit. That's not a real problem. You're an asshole if you break up with someone because of that. <laughs> That's true. But his problem is just that he's boring and, like, not fun. If Bill Pullman's boring, granted it's a character. Yeah, but, uh, it's the character who's horrible, like, to... Again, horrible because he's allergic to, like, five things. <laughs> no, it's not his allergy. It's the way... He's just... Has no chill. Like, when he starts coughing at the table, and then they're like, move the flowers. And he's like, no, don't move the flowers. I'm like, just let them move the flowers, dude. Like, I, I, Yeah, it's he's kind of, like, that, that behavior always makes me think of, like, oh, I, I don't want to make any sort of impact whatsoever. And, like... That's what it is. That is obnoxious. It's like, yeah, it's okay to make an impact. It's okay to, like, be yourself. And he's just nervous throughout the whole movie, and he's not... Um, I mean, the nicest part, the nicest thing he does is when he gives her his grandma's ring. Mm-hmm. I like thought that was, was some, a really sweet moment. And it was a nice looking ring? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was sweet. He me- it meant something to him. I think the most horrible thing he does in this movie is actually the way he breaks up with her. Because like, going back to what oh, you said earlier. so bad. He just doesn't give a shit. He just doesn't care. Uh, he, and that's why it made me feel like he was so lame. I was like, I wouldn't want to be mm-hmm. with somebody who would break up with me like this either. In his defense, I think it's because the movie's almost over and we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Bull, Bill Pullman's fault. <laughs> Bill um, Pullman. Yeah, uh, but... Um, More of a Nora Ephron problem. Yeah, well, I mean, a problem. She she knows what she's making. She does, she This does. is part of the, the female fantasy, or let's just say romantic fantasy. Sure. Uh, and we gotta end the movie, we gotta get with Tom Hanks. It's true, um, it's true. So. But, um, yeah, I did think it was, like, very much about a man trying to recover, which was cool. I liked that. Like, but the, another funny thing is, like, all these women fell in love with him because he was so in love with his wife. It's not his voice. It's not, like, maybe you kind of are attracted to his relationship with his son because mm-hmm. there's something like, oh, he's a cute, precocious kid and he's on the phone with him. Uh, but, yeah, it, it has to be that. Like, he's so in love with his, this, his wife. Like, is that what it... I mean, you're you're speaking for all women here on the yes, podcast. I am every woman. Yes. <laughs> is that what's so much like that's his most attractive quality, right? It totally is because like that scene where she's eating in her kitchen listening to him saying like how much he loved her and how his wife was perfect and I think it's great that men can like be that emotional and love that deeply and like care so much about the specific things about a woman. Uh, and I think that's what's attractive that he can love deeply. But for me, like when a, if I'm on a, if a guy starts talking about a girl, his ex girlfriend who he's still in love with, I'm just like peace. <laughs> like I, that's the least attractive thing to me is like be talk like being in love with somebody else. Okay. And it's, or or not that, but actively not trying to get over somebody, which I think it's a choice. I think it's a choice to like try to get over somebody. Do you think he's not actively trying to get over her in throughout most of the movie? Throughout most of the movie, and, uh, yeah, totally. Like okay. I think that's when he first takes the phone call. I think he's actively not trying to. He mm-hmm. has that dream about her. But then I think when he starts dating Victoria, that's good. And then I think by the time he meets Meg Ryan's character, I think he's like more emotionally available and is like ready to take on. 
you know, a new love or whatever. Oh yeah, okay. So we'll you mentioned the dream. We got, we mentioned a lot of stuff. I want to come back to, but real quick, that 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 moment of realization, that audible ah, that was because the way you were describing it made me realize. Um, of course, Meg Ryan is going to be interested in this guy for this reason because here here's the movie working its magic is uh, that's what she's not getting from Bill Pullman. Like, exactly, perfect. she's I get not it getting that deep love. Yes, and that's yes. why she's so attracted to him. And she's also not emotionally available because she has a husband, so it's not so unattractive to her that he might not be completely present either. Mm-hmm. And it's like when they come together, they can both fulfill that for each other. They can love deeply, and they can like be their new partners. Okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm I'm much more I'm much more on board than I was before. Totally. Thank you for explaining that perspective. Also, just because I'm such a guy who's Already in tune with my emotions. I don't think about like ladies. That's a thing that most guys don't offer. So it's completely true. I think that's so. That's that's another thing. Like I I I mean, and obviously we're uh, like God. What twenty years out from this movie? Yeah, twenty four. Um, I think so. Like th- times have changed, but like uh, even still now, kind of there's this whole like that's what makes Tom Hanks different in this movie is because he's got that. Completely, because he's so yeah. open and mm-hmm. yeah, he's so like openly emotional and sensitive. Wait, and yeah, it's sensitive and like kind of raw. And there's this this element which is hot, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's like this element that women really like fixer uppers. Is that true or that no? is that I think is sadly a true thing. I think it's clear what he's lacking, and she feels like she can fix it. You know what I mean? Or like she can help him get over it. I think that a lot of women are taught to like nurture and take care of people and. They seek that in relationships, like, to help somebody get through something. Yeah, to work on a project, to, like, help, um, like, teach somebody something. And you're taught throughout every movie, basically, that women are, you know, men get to be the protagonists in their own lives, and women get to help men achieve something great. So I feel like, especially when I was younger, I wasn't like, oh, I want to be, like, a... successful rich person who like is killing it i'm like i want to date someone who's successful and rich and killing it right you want to date an architect totally i totally i also also i really did because in something about mary he's also (laughs) an architect everybody's an architect in every movie it's why george costanza wanted to pretend to be an architect totally totally so i think that there's this thing that women have to get over in their dating lives of like no like i'm gonna be the rich man like i'm gonna be the successful guy but you're a woman, but I'm just using that Right, term. That that's such a weird thing because I think so much of that is, like, that, that's not an inherent problem to genetics. I think right. that's all a social problem, mostly propagated by pop culture and, and I, the stories we tell, totally. which is why this stuff is important. And for me personally, another reason why in my past I've uh, dated a couple guys who I felt like were, like, still not full people. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best no, way to No, no, it. that's exactly right. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. They were just working towards becoming somebody great, but they weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because a lot of guys get threatened by dating smart, successful young women and... <laughs> women who are already young. there. <laughs> women who are already there. Like, a lot of guys are intimidated by successful women so it's like if you date someone who is not that's really nice you know you want if you can date someone who supports you fully like that's my favorite thing in a, in a partner you know someone I mean, who really it supports should you. be across the board it's kind of weird that it's not no i know but sometimes when you're dating someone who is in the, in the same industry or is more successful than you they feel threatened by you yeah you know so it's like you don't want to date someone who feels threatened by you or who can't support you no which and what that comes down to really is just like they're not threatened by you. They're they're insecure about their own success, mm-hmm. 
which is, that's a personal problem, dude. Don't take it out on your partner. Totally. I hate when people are like, he's just intimidated by you. It's like, that's, that's his okay, problem. That's his problem and he can fuck off. <laughs> um, to go back to the movie. Uh, no, this is just about my personal dating life. It so, always kinda... so guys, I got a text. <laughs> uh, to go back to the movie though, um, and to go back to Tom Hanks specifically. Yeah. What was your favorite scene? Or I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be Tom Hanks centric, but what was your favorite scene in the movie? The final scene is the best scene in the movie. I mean, it, it's so well done. And they hold hands and then they just stare at each other. There's no and I'd be like, uh, like, like constantly be looking away. It's very intense though. It's very real and you can tell that it's magic. You can tell they feel the magic. Like yeah, I mean it's magic or it's like my god, like you can feel the sexual energy. Right. Yeah, that's I think part of what magic is is like sexual passion, mm-hmm. probably. Which is weird because the kids there. I know. <laughs> the elevator closes and they just start fucking. Yeah. <laughs> the kid is like, "Dad, this isn't what I meant. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted." <laughs> I will say, like, as as someone who even is watching through a little bit of a, a jaded distance, despite how much I love Tom Hanks, that moment where he and his son get on the elevator and just miss her, I was like, "No, what are you doing?" Ah. You get caught up in it. I know. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was so angry. It was like, no, like they missed each other. Like I was so sad. And that's great that it achieves that. You know? I, I think it's because the movie, I mean, it's purposeful in the entire way that you don't get to see these two together except for like, again, like two shots before this with the, the weird interaction at the airport and then on the street. Uh, that it's just like, come on, come on, you have to give us this payoff. No, exactly. we just want them to meet. You want it so bad yeah. at that point. They, they get, they're really good at crafting that desired response from you. Totally. Um, you know it's a pre-9-11 movie where you can use a phrase from an affair to remember to get a security guard to let you go to the top of the Empire oh, State Building. That's another yes. crazy part where she's like, please, I'm supposed to meet someone and the security guard is like, sure, go ahead, even though it's closed. Like in a post-9-11 New York, that would never happen. It's true, and actually there's... He has the line, like, the joke ends up being, like, my wife loved that movie. I was expecting the joke to be, like, yeah, women come in, like, ten times a day to do that. Totally. That yeah. would have been funnier. That was good. So that, that's how you do it, Nora Ephron. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'll teach you a lesson about writing, Nora Ephron. Yeah. This isn't a moment, or it's, it is a moment, but really the scene where, uh, the shot where he goes out onto, like... I, I don't know Seattle. I've never been there, but, like, they have houses that are on the water. That's neat. But then he goes out onto his little pier there, mm-hmm. and they have the actual fireworks. And the, like, that's oh, a, yeah, I love that's that a great scene. shot. That's a like, great shot. That's, that's a complicated shot, too. Those are real fireworks. They had, and I like how it's not fired, like, so poignantly. Like, as soon as we get the composition, it's going off. It's going off just a little beforehand. That, that, that takes some orchestration. It definitely did, yeah. For this little romantic comedy where there's like nothing happening. No, yeah, that was a really beautiful moment. And it was poignant and like it, yeah, it was a necessary shot. It was a great shot. But I, I would have to say, I think my favorite scene, at least my favorite Tom Hanks scene is, um, it's it's kind of like the sequence where right before he's going out to date with Victoria, he's like, do I look good? And then he looks into the mirror and he's like, I look stupid. I look stupid! I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> I think that's how everybody feels, too, as soon as they're going to go out to, to meet someone. It's completely true. I'll, like, pick an outfit. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to wear that dress. I'll look great. I'll feel good and whatever. And then I'll put it on, and I'll be like, I, why do I own this dress? This is disgusting. I'm going to burn it. I've never looked this bad in my life, and I don't deserve love. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's how we all feel. Um, and then he goes out on the date. Or, no, no, he's yelling with his son. 
uh, and the line, it's a sign, keeps coming back. And just right. where he points, he just happens to have a map of the United States in his kitchen. I know, kitchen. that's so funny. <laughs> here and here, this is, this is why, this is a sign. Uh, and then at, actually at the restaurant where he's on the date with Victoria, there's just this nice little building of, of beats that I think is really funny where he's on, first he's on the phone with his son and that's a great, because peak Hanks for me is always when Hanks is frustrated. Yes, completely. The angrier he is, the funnier he is. Yeah. And then he comes back and he has that great little, like, it's a funny joke where it's like, uh, do you have kids? No. Do you want mine? That's a legit funny joke. And then, as you pointed out earlier, her laugh is insufferable. She laughs so much at this, me- like, sort of funny joke. <laughs> Which makes, uh, I mean, obviously that's the joke itself, so now we're laughing at her laughing. And then just, like, the, the, the very quick transition to, oh, the spy she hired is taking pictures of them. Which is insane because that's not how background checks work. No. <laughs> but, like, just like, the, that's that... Crazy that he how did the spy know he was going to this restaurant? Like there's so many weird things about it. Which and, and the other thing is like the spy or the private investigator, whatever you call him, like that has no consequence later. Like I, I guess the only reason they did that is so she could mistake a Victoria for Rita Wilson's right, character. That's totally. the only reason. And like that's pretty weak. Like you didn't need to know he was dating anyone else. No. You could have just oh, like I mean, as soon as I see someone I'm interested in, they have like a person, let alone someone another gender or attractive, as next to them, like, oh, they're probably with them. They'll never be with me. Yeah, I'm completely the same way. <laughs> like, if I see a guy with a picture of a girl, I'm like, well, that's his girlfriend, yeah. and they're in love. <laughs> like, at what point in the relationship, after the credits, does does Meg Ryan tell Tom, or does, uh, yeah, does she tell him that, oh, by the way, I did hire a private investigator? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, when is she like, so, I got a background check on yeah, you. I, I have, have all these, these pictures, pictures of you out to dinner. And you gotta know, that that wasn't the only time that guy took pictures of of him. Yeah. Was it that, like, why would that be, like, he would, she went, She goes to his house. If you're Meg Ryan, do you ever tell him that, or do you just keep it a secret for your whole relationship? Okay, now I'm gonna, I gotta get into a point of view about a woman I've been very attracted to, but mm-hmm. I kind of knew her, but I didn't know her personally. Yeah. And she says yes, and I'm like, that I never expected that to happen. Oh man, but she doesn't know about like all the Facebook checks I did on her and all that stuff. Well that's kinda that's kinda today's world. That's what though. I was thinking. It's like she's such a stalker in this movie, but if social media was she around, basically she wouldn't Googles be a stalker. Him. Exactly. She basically Googles him and then looks at his Instagram. So I don't yeah, I don't think that's that bad actually. Like But at the time it was super weird because oh, there was no Instagram, so she had to hire a private investigator. But for me, like I'll totally stalk someone when I am into them on well, the internet. Well it's necessary because like it's how you like because again, not to go into weir- the weird stakes of going after someone, it's yeah. sort of like, is this worth my time? Totally. Are they with someone? Uh, yeah, no, I think the answer is I would not hire a private investigator, but if I had done that, I probably wouldn't tell. Yeah, I think you, if you do something like that, I think you never need to tell the other person. But I know personally that I could not do that. I, I... could not live with myself every day knowing I, he didn't know this thing. Cause yeah. I don't want him to find out from someone else or to come up. Like, I just can't lie. Yeah, I mean, like, because the private investigator knows he could come back and, like, blackmail you. Rosie O'Donnell knows. Yeah. And she's like, just fucking tell him. Uh, it's weird. Like, don't... I don't think you should Google people before you date them, actually. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point you need to, I think. Yeah. Or at a certain point you want to, but a, like... M- m- but see if there's some chemistry there first. Exactly. 
I mean, exactly. meet them. Yes. Be in more than seven shots with them. <laughs> Uh, go on one date that's not on the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, because even then, you, you'd go on a date with, like, the most boring Bill Pullman-esque person in the world. <laughs> and it's, if it's on the Empire State Building in those circumstances, it's going to be romantic. You know what Bill Pullman is great in, where he is really sexy and not boring, is uh, League of Their Own. When he comes back Fuck. and they kiss. Yeah. Oh, love uh, that. Which is actually the movie he did right before this really? movie. Really? Yeah. Peak Bill Pullman. Peak Pe- Bill Pullman. In many ways, peak Tom Hanks. Like, people and say, peak Tom Hanks! Oh my god, I love Tom Hanks in, the, mm-hmm. in uh, League of Their Own. Well, shit, maybe you have to come back and we'll talk about that I would love to. Oh, best performance <laughs> when he's peeing. <laughs> okay, uh, it is Meg Ryan month. Yes. We do have to talk about Meg Ryan. We talked a little bit about her, the, her performance in the radio. Um, do you have anything else? Like, what was your favorite part with her? Definitely when she's singing Jingle Bells in the car. Hmm. I was just like, oh my God, who are you? I think she's great in this movie, though. Like, even the scene when, she, when we first meet her and... She's with Bill Pullman, and she's describing her family to him. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to be late. Like, oh, when I'm old, you're going to need to, like, put my teeth in. Like, do you know the scene I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just so, like, radiant and, like, innocent, and she's just, like, a child. She's a grown child. Yeah, there's something about the way she talks where she's, like, a little too loud. Yeah. That it's, like... I feel like she's not aware of how she's speaking, and it's, like, almost arresting for the rest of the room. Yeah. She's, it, it works in that innocence way, for sure. Completely. She's very um, charming, and she's annoying, but I feel like in a way that guys think is cute. Um, <laughs> Maybe not Elvis. Like, like, if this was a real person... Endearing? I don't know if I would find these traits endearing. Yeah. It, that's the thing. Like, it works in the movie. Yeah. She's so likable in this movie, but if she was a real person, I couldn't stand to be around her, I think. Yeah. Um, but this morning I looked up when Harry met Sally and I watched her orgasm scene because I feel like you have, that's the first movie that really made her big and I feel like you have to be a really good actor to like oh, do yeah. that. So I wanted to see, I wanted to watch it again and I, mean, I do yeah. think she's a good actor. That's certainly, I mean that, she had that before, right before they were in, uh, Jovers the Volcano before this, so mm-hmm. this was all informing that and, uh. Nora Ephron wrote that. Right. This is kind of the evolution for that. So yeah, it's kind of like seeing them. Can can Meg Ryan carry a whole half of a romantic movie without her other lead? Right, exactly. And she does. She does. Because um, she, he's not in this movie at all. Yeah, she can carry a movie. I think she wasn't a sustainable... I mean, she, her career wasn't sustainable in a sense. Like, it, she was really a 90s actress. And I don't know why. If it's just because there's no roles for women of, you know, once they turn 40 or whatever... Or if it's just that she's sort of single-serving of this, like, cute, lovable... She hit in the 90s. Like, that was kind of, I think, what the culture really valued in the 90s, too, was Mm -hmm. the kind of type she played. Totally. The, like, Julia Roberts, Mm -hmm. Meg Ryan, yeah. And, uh... This, like, strong, independent woman, but who's not too strong, and, you know, who's not, like, too overbearing, but... Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I was getting with the, the whole soft 90s feminism it's, it's definitely Hollywood feminism exactly in that sense. soft Hollywood feminism yeah and and even like uh, there's something I know with <laughs> she the, has a job <laughs> the one last question I have to ask that you, that you just gotta finish this mystery because Rob Reiner couldn't answer it does Tom Hanks have a cute butt I would say he does not have a memorable butt. Because I'm trying to think about if it's cute or not, and I can't think about what it looks like. Ooh, ooh. But I think he probably has a cute butt. Okay. 
Not a great, not a great rating on the butt scale. Yeah, is it all about I'd butts? Say he has a good. I'd say he has a good butt. He doesn't have a great and memorable butt that I'll never forget. But he has a cute butt. Well, I think it's also because he hasn't had a scene, too many scenes anyway, where you really get a good look at the butt. Totally, Tom Hanks. This is why I'm not attracted to him, or why I don't think he's like sex, a sexy person. This is a great way to end it, by the way. He's such a dad. Like even when That's I'm true. imagining his butt, I'm imagining it in little league pants coaching a little league team. That's like true. he's. Because there, there's something so trustworthy about him, yes, so exactly. safe, uh, that he got he like he's the he has all the qualities you want in a father figure. Completely. So I think that's probably why, unfortunately for Meg Ryan, he transcended the '90s because the qualities we like in him, we like in older men. Maybe not the case. So true. For Meg Ryan, yeah, she is a little infantilized. Like she's just so silly mm-hmm. and innocent, like a little child. So, um, it is. That is a good point. What? She's got to go back to her job after they've met. Right. What piece is she going to write? I know. Maybe she's going to write, I bet she's going to write like a personal essay about meeting him. Mm-hmm. and about Or about radios. And like, it'd be cool if that sort of like was more part of the story about her actual assignment and what she ended up writing. Like, I would have liked to see more of her work in the film. I think it probably would have made it better. It would have made her a more interesting, complex character. Totally, sure. totally. Um, kind of would have made her like, it almost would have would justify her like a little bit too crazy going for it this guy too because obviously she's into him but like if you sort of justify it and like oh it's almost like an art piece yeah cuz i mean that's but then does least... it become too like 10 things i hate about or not 10 things um how to lose the guy in 10 days where it's sort of like she's doing it for yeah a different reason the wrong reason true but didn't this come out first that's true so boom <laughs> Uh, anything else you have to say about Sleepless in Seattle? Sleepless in Seattle, give it an A- for rom-coms. I think it is one of, uh, probably the top 90s rom-coms. And, uh... Do you, but, okay. Peak Meg Ryan, that's for sure. Okay, so this is Peak Meg Ryan. Last thing I should ask is, um... God, I can't stand her. (laughs) What? After all that? Just as a, just, I was thinking about if she, if this character, if she was my roommate, I would go fucking crazy. <laughs> like, if I actually had to live with Meg Ryan. Oh, she would be in, just awful. <laughs> the worst. But, okay, so, uh, when you see these two finally together, we talked about that magic, like, you believe them as a couple. Yes. You totally completely. want to see them together. I want to see them together, I want to see them get married, and I think they're both weird and deserve each other. But is this the best version of them together? We'll find out. Join us next week when we talk about You've Got Mail. Allie, thanks for being on the show. Where can people find you? Thanks where can for people me. Where can people stalk you? Yeah, you guys can just hire a private investigator mm-hmm. and uh, then get pics of me. Um, I'm on Twitter at Allie Vangiano and Instagram at the real Allie Vangiano and Who's the fake one? Uh, I don't know, some bitch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me there and BuzzFeed Video, BuzzFeed Violet. Yay. Um, you can follow me at Elvis Kunish, uh, the podcast at Tom Hanks Pod. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. And we will be back next week. Until then, H and G. H and G. Tom Hanks, we fell in love with you, Tom Hanks, just like so many do deeply, because you made us smile. And you're great on screen style So that's why we give thanks Cause you've got a friend in Tom Hanks
you want to start that part over? Or? No, no, I'll, I'll cover it. Okay. It'll be cool. No one will know you just blew your nose. Okay, great.